Amen. And I believe, whether you're here or you're watching by way of internet, I believe you're going to receive exactly what you need from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Always approach the word in preaching ready to receive, expectant to receive. It's in your expectation that God meets you and, and that you receive. And, you know, if a, if a scripture's read, oh, I've heard that before, then, then that means you need to hear it again. If you're saying that, that means you, you need to hear it again. You know, because to me, I've noticed that is the enemy in my life, to not, not to let me hear everything else that's being said. Amen. Amen. Man, I love the word of God. Hallelujah. We've been talking about walking with God, and um, I'm just going to do a, just a brief uh, review of just some of the notes that I've made uh, over the last several weeks. Uh, Nikki, a few weeks ago, ministered on who you with, who you with, right? Who you with? Are you, are you more tied to God than anything else? And then do what he tells you to do. When you're, when you're connected to him and tied to him, do, do what he tells you to do. Eric talked about walking worthy of the Lord and all pleasing and pleasing God. We please God by faith. We have to see like God sees. And I love the statement he made. He said, he said, I didn't ask you for results. I just asked you to believe. I didn't ask for your results. I just asked you to believe. Annette uh, talked about being united with the Lord, waiting on the Lord. She talked about all those that are heavy laden come unto him. So when we come unto him and we unify the Lord, he's going to strengthen us. He's going to empower us. People are waiting or people are watching and seeing and looking at our unity with God. And she made another statement um, at the end, and I love this, says, in unity, we properly position ourselves to be strengthened. When we're in unity with each other and we're in unity with God, we properly position ourselves to be strengthened. You know, uh, it was a few weeks ago, um, I think it was on I think March 13th, I think was the last time I ministered on a, on a Wednesday. And I talked about humility. And I'm going to, this, this is going to be part two of, of humility. And so if you weren't here for that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. I'm going to bring out a few things. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. <clears throat> because if we're going to walk with God, we're going to have to understand humility. You know, you know everything that's been taught over the last two weeks, they, they all... They all tie in together. They all tie in together. And, and, you know, bottom line, what we really need to just, you know, really just draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, we need to be word people. We, we need to make that decision that the word of God is final authority in our life. And to make that statement is a statement of humility. It's a statement of surrender. You know, in Luke chapter 18, chapter 19, and I'm not going to read this whole story, uh, right, right now, I may get into it at the end. We'll see how it goes. But I want you to understand here, at the very beginning, it says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Say, he was rich. Not only that, but he was, say, he was the chief. Now, so get this. He, he didn't lack position, and he didn't lack money. But yet he still lacked. You know, so much so that it says, and he sought to see Jesus who he was. See, the very thing that you, you, you don't necessarily, yeah, I know you, you, we, we all could use more money. But money is a byproduct of other things. We may want more position, greater position, but greater position is a result of other things. So she, he evidently in himself, in his soul, he was recognizing, I have position and I have power and I have prosperity, but there's still something I'm lacking. And so he, go, so he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press because he was little of stature. I can relate. Give, give, give me five there. Amen. I'm big. I'm, I, am, I am big guy. I'm a big man. Yes. But, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, 
for today I must abide at your house. Now, it's interesting here that we're seeing this man who has power, prosperity, he has position, but yet he's seeking Jesus because he knows he needs something greater. He needed something greater in his life. Now, some of the things that I've been dealing with in, in, in this series is I've been ta- I talked about, uh, actually Trey started off in Hebrews chapter 8, that he says that I wish all men would know me. I wish all men would know me, right? That was God's desire. That before Jesus comes back, we're, that's, that scripture gives us God's desire that all men would know me. That's God's desire. And, and here we're, we're seeing Zacchaeus tap in to what God's desire is. He, he, he said, I, I have this and I have this, but there's something I still lack. He sought to see Jesus. God wishes all men to know him. He wants all men to know him. It, it's not just people that are broken, but it's people that, have, that may look like they have it all together. He's looking for people that will know him. You know, uh, Hosea chapter 6 verse 3 says, says, we will know when we continue on to know the Lord. So knowing the Lord isn't a one-day pursuit, a one-night pursuit, a one-hour pursuit. But knowing God, in Hosea says, I will know if I continue on to know the Lord. So there has to be this constant pursuit that we're positioning ourselves in. This walking with God has to be a continual pursuit that we're going after in our lives. And so we talked about, I talked about humility. In Micah chapter 6, you don't need to turn there, verse 6 and 8, verse 6 through 8 says, talks about what God requires. To do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. So we see in Hebrews, his desire is that we all know him. In Micah, what does God require? To do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. So here, as we look at Zacchaeus, what was he doing? He's tapping into what God requires. He's tapping into what God desires. What Zacchaeus was doing was he was humbling himself. He was humbling himself. If you want to go to another level in your life, then let me just make it personal. If I want to go to another level in my life, I can only go to the level that I humble myself. And, And you know what? That may look different this year than it looked like last year. It might look different this time next year for, for the following year. It, it's going to be a, a different thing because God may require some different things. And if he's going to require some things because of obedience, I'm going to have to humble myself. One of the definitions we looked at in humility in Scripture, we let Scripture interpret Scripture in Zephaniah chapter 3. It, it tells us what humility is. Humility is it says, those that are the humble of the land are those who act in compliance of God's word. He said, all you humble of the land, and they define that as those who act in compliance to God's word. So one of the greatest ways that I can humble myself always begins with the word. Say the word. Let's go to First Peter chapter 5. Humility will cause your life to soar. This is a familiar scripture, and we, we went with this scripture last time, I believe. <clears throat> First Peter chapter 5, look at verse 5. It says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with what? Be clothed with what? Humility. For God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud. He stands away from the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The next verse says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So there's the outflow of humility is grace. And the outflow of humility is God's hand exalting me. 
Thank you, Father. So I can look at it this way, that when I operate in humility, God gets involved with my now. When I operate and live in humility, God gets involved in my moment. When I operate in humility, God gets involved in my marriage. He gets involved in my finances. He gets involved in, in, in whatever, whatever going on in my life. When I humble myself, grace is there and his hand will lift me up. See, his, it, it causes, you could say this, if, if grace is coming on my life when I humble myself, then that also means that his super comes on my natural. That his super comes on my natural when I humble myself. Could I say that? Because if I humble myself, grace is there. If I humble myself, then his mighty hand exalts me. His mighty hand lifts me up to another level. So if he's going to lift me up to another level, that means he's getting involved with right where I am. Okay? The humble. He exalts the humble. Hallelujah. Let's look at Isaiah 57. It's in your in humility that he lifts us up. It's in humility that he puts us in right places. When we humble ourselves, grace, favor, power is available. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 57. Let's look at verse 15. It says, for thus says the high and lofty one that, that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and the holy place with him also that is of a contrite and a humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. What is he saying here? He's saying, I dwell in the high and the holy place. I get I like this with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite. So when we humble ourselves, it causes God to revive you. When, when you humble yourself, it calls God to breathe into your life. Amen. Now let's look at Isaiah 66. What I want you to see is when we humble ourselves, it causes God's hand, his favor, his grace, his peace, his power to show up in your life. Let's Isaiah 66, verse 1. It says, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house would you build for me? And what kind can be my resting place. Verse 2, read the Amplified. For all these things my hand has made. Say, my hand has made. So all these things have come into being by and for me, says the Lord, but this is the man to whom I will look. Now, remember, Hebrews, what does God desire? People to know him, right? What does God require? To do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before him. Now here it says, but this is the man to whom I will look and have regard. What is that? Meaning, meaning this is the man that gets my attention. This is the man that I regard. You know, um, regard like some. If you if you saw like maybe maybe a, a, your favorite actress or your favorite athlete, and you saw them, and you know you'd want maybe want their their autograph or or you, you you want something that that man man I regard them. What meaning you pay attention to them? That that's something important to you. So when God says this is the man that I look and the man that I regard, what man does he look for? What man does he regard? He who is humble. He who is humble. The man that gets God's attention is the man that's humble. And I love this. And of a broken or a wounded spirit. And who trembles at my word and reveres my commands. Wow. You want to get God's attention? The man he looks for and the man he regards? The humble. And those that tremble at his word. 
Do you tremble at his word? Or how much, how much does his word mean to you? When you hear a message preached, how much importance do you give it on Monday? Do you tremble at his word? Prophecies that may have been spoken over you, do you. Is that word still important to you when you first heard it? When the Lord showed you scriptures and, 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 and illuminated scriptures to you, do they have the same meaning they had to you before or have you let those things go? Because this is the man that God regards, the, the man that gets God's attention. It's the humble, the humble, broken in a wounded spirit. Now, now, when you hear wounded spirit here, it's not talking about woe is me that I'm hurting and I'm broken physically. No, it's the person that yields themselves to God. Meaning, meaning I, I need God more than anything else in my life. That's what it refers to that. And I may get into that in just, just a moment. But that those that tremble at my word, the humble, the humble. You know, I, 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 I recognize things in my own life that, you know what? That's just straight up pride, Justin. You know, you, you can be in a, you know, it's funny. We can hear it in someone else's conversation when someone else talking to us. But do we hear it in our own selves? We like to judge other people, but, but you know, we, we need to look at the mirror. Where, where are we at? Where, where are we at on this humility and pride scale? Because I want results in my life. I want results in my ministry. I want results when I pray. I want results. In, I want God to get involved in my life. But I have to understand this aspect of humility. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Thank you for the word. Proverbs 22, verse 4. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. The reward of humility... Now, we, we talked about what God desires, what God requires, what he looks for and what he regards as someone that's humble, who broken a contrite heart and who trembles at his word, and you could say, or you, you could say, who fears the Lord, reverences the Lord. If I tremble at his word, then that means his word has value to me. Uh, fear the Lord, not, not being scared of, but respect. So he says, the reward of humility, the reward of humility. Now, Peter told us some rewards of humility that, that he gives grace to the humble, right? And, and he, he talked about that he, his hand lifts up those that are humble. He exalts you, right? So the reward of humility and the reverent worship fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. Wow. Wow. I think, you know, I read that. I was like, bring on some humility right now. <laughs> I mean, the reward of it, the, the, the reward of it. You know, a lot of times people today is like, well, we're, we live under grace today. Well, yeah, I, we live under grace, but, but you can never receive grace apart from, from, apart from humility. Grace, grace is, is a part of those. You are, you are saved by grace through faith, Right? And there's, a, and there's a no way that you can be saved without you humbling yourself to the sacrifice that Jesus made. But on, besides, there's rewards to humility. Riches, honor, and life. Riches, honor, and life. Oh, give me some humility. Bring on some humility. Justin, walk in humility because you know what? Riches, honor, and life. That sounds like a pretty good reward. How about you? Amen. You know, in James chapter 4, you don't need to turn there. But he says, humble yourself in the sight of God and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. So if the reward of humility is riches, honor, and life, what would be the reward of pride? Poverty, dishonor, and death. 
You see, you see, humility is to cause your life to be built up. Pride will tear your life down. And if we look throughout Scripture, we can see that those that God used greatly were those that operated in humility. Those that, there was those that operated in humility and, and experienced great things, but then they went over into a place of pride and they lost everything. So if we look from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, we, we have to see this truth is valid. Riches, honor, and life. We can look at it in Saul's life. Saul, man, he was king, anointed king. He, he humbled himself under, under the prophet. He humbled himself. He, he humbled himself and he went with the servant to go find, to go find his, uh, his father's lost donkey. And, and he comes back and next thing you know, he's, he's going to become the next king. But, but what happened is because he feared the people, he ended up losing everything. So fearing the people would equate pride. So we can, we can see, and I can show with, I don't have time to show us all the examples, but we have to, I just want you to see that the, the, the reward of humility is riches, honor, and life. And we can see that apparent throughout Scripture. Humility calls king, kingdoms to rise, and no humility calls kingdoms to fall. So let me ask us all a question tonight. Do you want to rise or do you want to fall? Because it's going to be based on the level of, will you humble yourself? Man, thank you, Father. I, I've, I've seen people come and go out of this church. I've seen, I've seen people come and go from the ministry. Not this church, other churches. People that I know, friends that go different. And, and ultimately, somewhere along the line, there, there's an issue of pride. That moves them out of where God's called them to be. And they wonder why. Why has this not happened? Why hasn't that happened? Why hasn't this changed? Why did that happen? Why is this going on? Why has that happened? And we can blame God for things and, and because a lot of times we don't like looking in the mirror. Wouldn't expect to say all that, but anyway. So, so it, all through Scripture, humility is what, what, we sit, what set great men apart. Let's look at Moses for a moment. Let's go to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter, I'm in Numbers 22. That's not going to help us right now. I'm sure there's some good stuff there, but thank you, Father. Look at verse 3, Numbers 12, and the Amplified says, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out. They're going to the principal's office. <laughs> you know, it's like... Verse 5, the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the tent door and called Aaron and Miriam, and they came forward. Now, he called three of them, but God comes down and only tells two of them to step forward. So he's saying, Moses, just step back. And he said, he said to Miriam and Aaron, he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision, and I speak to him in a dream. So if I have a prophet among you, you, I'm going to speak to him through a dream. Now get this, but not so with my servant Moses. He's entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth. Wow. Meaning, yeah, if you had a prophet, I'd speak to them dreams. But hey, Moses, I speak mouth to mouth with him. Clearly and not in dark speeches. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Why do, why do I bring this out? Because, because what made Moses great? The Bible tells us that he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. What caused God to speak to Moses differently than he would speak to other prophets? He was the meekest man on the face of the earth. See, he used the meekest man on the face of the earth to write the first five books of the Bible. He used the meekest man on the earth to deliver his people out of bondage. He used the meekest man on the earth to do miracles. 
parting the Red Sea. Getting water from a rock. Taking a, taking a, taking a branch and putting it in the water and taking bitter waters and making them sweet. I mean, I go on and on, but, but the meekest man on the earth, what caused him to be used greatly by God? It was his humility. But we also know, like with Moses, he couldn't enter the promised land. Why? Because there was a time where he hit the rock a second time when God said, just hit it once. It's not that God didn't use him greatly. It's just that, 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 that what we saw and what caused God to use him greatly was humility. It was humility. How about Jesus? Not only did Jesus teach humility, he lived humility. Jesus stood up in the Sermon on the Mount and, and he stood up and said things like this, Blessed shall be the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Verse five says, uh, verse three says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. See, meek and the poor in spirit, they're similar but yet different. Um, meek can be perfect power and perfect control. Meaning you know, you know how to, you're yielded to God and you know how for God to operate through you. That's meekness, perfect power and perfect control. But you have to be totally, constantly submitted to God to live in a place of meekness. But then he says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. So here, the meek inherit the earth. The poor in spirit, they are, they, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Both of these are aspects of humility. What's poor in spirit? Poor in spirit doesn't mean, oh, I'm poor, I'm, I'm unworthy, I'm, I'm no good. That's not poor in spirit. You know, Eric, if I was poor, that means I'd lack something, right? That means I, I would need something I don't have. So when Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, he's not say, saying, blessed are those that feel unworthy about themselves. Jesus is saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those that can't get enough of me. Blessed are those that can't get enough of me because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when I understand when Jesus was pre preaching humility, I, I, receive, I receive manifestation in two realms. I, I receive manifestation in the natural and I receive manifestation in the supernatural. Because poor in spirit, theirs, mine, I have ownership if I'm poor in spirit, blessed are those, theirs shall be the king, theirs shall be the kingdom of heaven. Meaning if I operate in humility, what the kingdom of God has to offer is mine. When I operate under, under God's authority and I humble myself and he's my focus, he's the one I submit to, everything in the kingdom of heaven is mine right now. And blessed shall be the meek, for they shall what inherit the earth. So if I'm meek, then I also get rewards, and what's in the earth is also mine. So Jesus taught this principle. He lived this principle. He lived this principle throughout his life. I don't have time to show you all the places, but he said, apart from the Father, I can do nothing. That means he had to surrender himself, humble himself under the mission in order for God to do great things. But what's the reward of humility? Riches, honor, and life. Did, did, did Jesus get that? Let, let's see if Jesus got that. Let's, let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. It's talking about Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. So here, Jesus was, it says Jesus was equal with God. That's what it said, right? He didn't count it robbery to be equal with God. 
Then it says, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. That's some, that's some humility right there, right? Here he is. He's way up here. He's in the image of God, okay? He, he doesn't consider robbery to be equal with God. But then he says that he, he, he took on the form of a servant, made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Verse 8, and being informed in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Jesus, he humbled himself as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him. We're seeing that he humbled himself. And as God, what's the reward of humility? Riches, honor, and life. Grace. His hand will lift you up, Right? He humbled himself, became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every knee should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you have to look at Scripture, and if it worked for Moses and it worked for Jesus, then it has to work for me. If I understand humility, if I humble myself, he will lift me up. And the reward for Jesus' life was riches, honor, life, grace, grace, power, ability. Hallelujah. How about David? How about David? Let's go to Psalms 51. While you're turning there, in 2 Samuel 22 and in Psalm chapter 18, David says, he goes, your gentleness, your gentleness has made me great. Your gentleness has made me great. Meaning he's saying, God, it's, it's your nature, it's your character, it's your qualities is what's made me great in my life. And so when we humble ourselves under the word of God, it now, once again, allows God's greatness to make us great. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'm trying to turn and talk at the same time, so. Psalms 55. Let me make this statement before I read this. Humility with David was seen when he stopped making excuses for his sin. Humility is seen when you stop making excuses for your mistakes. In Psalms, uh, did I say, what did I say 51? Yeah. Oh, sorry, 51. You know this scripture, this is after David had messed up. It's called the penitent Psalm. Verse seven says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my transgressions and iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And he goes down. Let's look at verse 16. He says, For thou desires not sacrifice, else would I give it. You delight not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise so when we mess up in life mess up on our job mess up even with our children be ones that are quick to repent be, be quick to repent be, be quick to make things right why because that's humility so in the natural that when you're humble in the natural it's going to bring riches honor and life when you do that with God, it's going to bring riches, honor, and life. God, it wasn't about all the works that David could do. It wasn't about bringing another sacrifice. But he says, what does God require? A contrite heart, a humble heart, a heart that recognizes what they did was wrong and yet submitted. Because that's what God, God just, it's not about us falling down and, and ripping our, our clothes now or, or they have to use to repent in sackcloth and ashes and, and, and get all dirty and all these things. No, God just says, just, just repent. 
and go forward. Because when you do that, it will cause God to lift you up to another level. And when, when God, when, when David did that, there was some repercussions. He, he wasn't, he, he had a, a situation in his family. And because he had the situation in his family and the situation with Uriah, he had blood on his hands. And, and, and so he, he wasn't allowed to build the temple. But yet Solomon could build the temple. But yet at the end of David's life, he was able to finance majority of building God a house. Let's look at First uh, Chronicles 29. Got you all over the word tonight. So it's like Bible school tonight. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 29. Now this is David. They had just received an offering. And David brought, had brought his offering. And so humility in David's life, was seen in the way that he honored the Lord. Humility was seen not just in how he, he, he confessed his mess-ups, his sin, but humility was also, excuse me, seen in how he honored God. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Now listen to this. This is a, this is a man of humility towards the end of his life. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou and you reign over all. And in your hand is power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. What was David saying? He was, he was honoring the Lord at the end of his life. And he was saying, God, it's in you that I'm going to have victory. It's only in you that I'm going to prosper. It's only in you that I'm going to succeed. It's only through you and in you that I'm going to be successful. It's only in you. I love that he goes, and in your hand is power and might. It kind of sounds like, sounds like First Peter. It sounds like John, James to me. Those that humble himself that God will exalt. His hand will exalt you. And, they, and this is what David's saying. In your hand is power and might. It's in your hand. It's your hand, God, that's going to make the difference. In your hand is power and might. In your hand is to make great and give strength unto all. Then verse 13 says, now therefore our God, we thank thee and we praise your glorious name. And I love you. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners as were our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. Amplify that last verse says, for we are strangers before you and sojourners as our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow. And there is no hope or expectation of remaining. Meaning, I'm not going to live forever. So why, why would you be concerned with me? That's, that's the heart of a humble person. Humbling yourself. Saying, God, everything I have is yours. All that I am is yours. And if you look over the life of David... What do you see? Riches, honor, and life. Let me start to close with it. Let's go to 1 Chronicles 4. Like I said, start to close with this. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Walking with God, humbling yourself under his hand. When we humble ourselves under his hand, he exalts us. Let's look at verse 10. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand, your hand, might be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him what he requested. How about you, but that's some big prayer right there. Now... All we know of Jabez is, is like these scriptures. 
There's not a whole lot we know about Jabez. Amplified says, Jabez cried, cried to God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me. Now, now think about that. Joseph, stand up for a second. Just recognize that if Joseph is, is, is God and Jabez is praying and he's saying, Lord, he goes, right now, all Jabez is, is in this little square. We have these 18 inch square carpet squares. That's, that's where he's at right now. And his prayer is, I want this whole room. Expand my borders. Expand, meaning I'm tired of being in this little square. You know what? There's times in my life where I was tired at being where I'd always been. And I was ready for something new. That's where Jabez was. He was tired of being the one who was named after the, man, the, the, one that cried in, the mom that cried in sorrow. That's what his name meant. Something like that, right? Man, what a, what a great name. Abraham got father of many nations. And I get the one who sorrow. He was tired of being in this little box in life. But his prayer was expand my territory and let your hand be with me. Now think, so, so here, Jabez is saying everywhere, I'm, I'm praying, his prayer is everywhere I go, God's coming with me. Because see, if, if, if God's hand's going with you, that means God's with you, right? So that's his prayer. It, uh, that's good. Enlarge my border that your hand might be with me. Now get this. And you would keep me from evil so it might not hurt me. Hurt me. And God granted his request. God answered his request. God, he, God, Jabez, what are you that God would answer your prayer? You, you didn't, I didn't see, you're not David. You're not this, you're not that person. God, he, he got his request. So, so as I, I looked at this, I had to understand if God's going to answer his request, how does, how did his prayers get requests? How, how did his prayers get answered? Let's look at verse, verse nine. And the key is right here. Jabez was honorable above his brothers, but his mother named, his mother named him Jabez, meaning sorrow maker, saying, because I bore him in pain. So Jabez cried to God saying, oh, that you would bless me. Jabez was honorable above his brothers. Honorable. We go to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs 15. He was honorable above his brothers. Proverbs 15. Verse 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So Jabez, it said he was more honorable than all his brothers. And we know God answered his request. And here it says, before honor is humility. So in order for you to operate in greater honor, you first off have to understand greater humility. Because humility is going to be what's going to bring about honor. And so, so therefore, Jabez, if he was more honorable than his brother, first of all, he had to understand great humility. And great humility caused God's hand. God answered his request. And what was his request? That his hand would go with me. Wow. I don't know about you, but I require that in my life. Every time I get up here to teach or preach on a Sunday, I have to humble myself because I know Justin in himself is nothing. Lord, I need your hand to go out there with me. When I go and lay my hands on someone else, I need your hand to be laying that hand on with me. Humility. Walking with God. Walking with God. It's about humility. It's about honor. It's about fearing the Lord. Let me close with this thought. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus showed up because he had a need in his life. He had power, prosperity, anything in the natural you could want, but yet he still lacked something. So he sought Jesus. That's humility. That's the fear of the Lord. That's honor. So was there a reward? Yes. The reward? Stop Jesus in his tracks. 
looked up, Zacchaeus, come down. Today, I'm going to show up at your house. Walking with God, humility, will call God to show up at your house. Said he, another aspect, he made haste and came down. That's another aspect of humility. Another aspect of the fear of the Lord. Another aspect of honor. He says, he goes, if I've, if I've wronged anyone, I'll pay everyone back fourfold. Amen. And Jesus said, today, salvation has showed up at this house. So humility will bring about manifestation. And we can compare it to we compare it, compare it to the rich young ruler. Zacchaeus came to Jesus, humbled himself, and yet changed. Yet how about the rich young ruler? Came to Jesus, called him Lord. What must I do to be saved? Jesus told him what needed to happen. He said, I kept those from my youth. He told him, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. But yet he said he walked away sorrowful because he had great possessions. One had great possessions and humbled himself. Another one had great possessions but couldn't follow. Humility is in your following. Walking with God. Zacchaeus was made great. The rich young ruler walked away sorrowful. Where are you at? Father, we thank you for the word tonight. And we thank you for the challenge that it brings into our lives. Everyone stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we just we just humble ourselves tonight under your hand. Holy Spirit, I ask you to seal this message on our hearts tonight. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing to us in areas of our life where we haven't yielded to you. Yield areas of our life that we haven't humbled ourselves. Holy Spirit, cause us to see just in the little things when we speak. Am I exalting myself right now or am I exalting God right now? Thank you, Father. My heart in any way tonight is not to condemn anyone. But at the same time, also know when the word is sown in hearts, it can bring conviction. So, Father, cause, cause us to grow. Cause us to grow. Cause us to follow. Thank you, Father. As the word was sown into our hearts tonight, I thank you that, that it, it's, it's knocking off things. It's, it's, it's shaking some things off of us, those things that don't belong anymore. So we can be that vessel that's that you can flow through. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, show us what humility looks like in our finances. Show, show us what it looks like within a church. Show us what it looks like with our spouses, with our children. Father, because all of us 
We need your involvement in our lives. We need your super on our natural. So tonight, we make that decision, Lord, that we, yes, we do humble ourselves under your mighty hand. And as we do, I thank you that you're exalting us. You're exalting us. And that every day is a day of change. Every day is a day of growth. Every day is a day of being fine-tuned. We thank you. And if you be honest with yourself, just, and just lift up your heads and you, you can just say, you know, yeah, Pastor, yeah, there's areas of my life where, where I, there's pride. There's areas of my life that I, I need to grow in, in, in greater levels of humility. If that's you, just, just, just as a, just an act of just boldness, an act of change, you just slip your hand up. I'm lifting my hands up. <laughs> I mean... Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just repeat this after me. Father God, we repent of pride. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our helper. Guide us as we walk through this life. Cause us to see what's humility and what's pride. Cause us to yield to that which is humility. I will not judge others, but I look to myself. I will not judge my spouse, but I look to myself. I'm growing. I'm going to another level. I choose to humble myself under your hand. And I thank you that you are exalting me. And I'm growing in honor, riches, and life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a shout of praise if you see that word tonight. Amen.